Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 The Zone. A couple of big wins for BYU and Utah State at home, beating nationally ranked teams. We will get to those games, post-game reaction from coaches and players of both schools coming up. But we begin with the big game tonight, the season opener for all of Major League Soccer. Just one game tonight, RSL at Miami. Miami is loaded, not just with Messi, but some of his friends. (laughs) And for RSL, a lot of young guys getting an opportunity to play. Diego Luna is going to be expected to lead. Andres Gomez now with Savarino gone on the right side. He should get a chance to play big minutes. Kurt Schmid, who runs the uh, soccer operations for RSL, visiting with PK and I yesterday in advance of tonight's season opener. Here's Kurt. Kurt, good morning. Morning. How are you? Doing well this morning. The season opener, and it's messy. Uh, how fired up are people for this? I think people are, are really fired up for it. Um, it's obviously exciting to get the season going again, and I think you know the opponent's given everyone a little bit of extra motivation for sure. Is there uh, sometimes with uh, other sports – uh, the first game, they'll unscramble it. Is that the case, or is it just going to be as usual uh, on the Apple that you got to subscribe? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, not every game uh, needs to be subscribed to, and I'm not positive at the top of my head if the if this game is um, is going to be a free one or not. But there are some games that are available for free if you just log on. For RSL going into this game, there have been so many changes. Uh, you've got new personnel. You've got uh, all new assistant coaches this year. Uh, as a front office executive sitting back and watching this game, what's the number one thing you're watching for that's stressing you out, that if it goes well, then things fall into place? Yeah, I think, you know, look, we, we invested in a lot of good young players, and um, we're looking for them to take a big step up and, and become important contributors and, and critical parts of the team. So I think that's what we're looking for this year, and that's what we need from those guys. And I think they've shown really good signs of, of taking those steps. Um, so that's been a big positive. And then along with that, you know, the, the coaching staff have come in. I think the, the tactics are going to look a little bit different, um, you know, and not, not everything will be instantaneous. But um, starting the season, really good signs in preseason of, of the tactics kind of gelling and the players picking it up, and that's been very good as well. 17-year-old Barajas, my gosh, 17 years old. I mean, that's just incredible. How long does it take a 17-year-old to get acclimated before you're going to expect him to be a significant contributor? <laughs> um, I won't put too many expectations on him, but he's come into preseason. He's done really, really well. So when you talk about the level, the speed of play, the physicality, um, he can certainly fit in and, and hold his. All right, well, we just lost him, so we will get back and get that thought. 17 years old, PK. We were in high school, and now he's a pro. And he's moved all around the country. He's from, uh, he grew up in Sacramento, and he was in the San Jose's Academy. And then he went off and played in the, in the USL and was in Charlotte. And now here he is in Major League Soccer, and he might run on the field with Messi at 17. All right, we lost you there in the middle of the Barajas answer. Go ahead and finish your thought on that. Sorry about that. No, no, he's done really well. And, you know, we, we won't know how it's going to look when he gets into a real game with fans and, and uh, you know, another team that's trying to kick him. But um, pretty, pretty high host for him, and I think he can contribute this year. You have a couple of players you acquired here late, but I don't think they've joined the, the team yet. And they may end up being two starters. What is the timeline for, uh, for them to join the team? 
Uh, yeah, Matt Crooks um, is getting his, his visa sorted. Um, he might be available for the weekend, but he's, you know, both, we, we expect both to be available for the home opener. Um, Alex Alexandros Katranis, uh is definitely not an option this week. Um, and then Matt Crooks, we're, we're fingers crossed trying to get him here in time. Do you find uh, with these players being so young, if they are an American versus a foreign kid, is the adjustment for the American kid much easier? I think when you talk about coaching and integrating into the group, I think it can be because obviously there's a, there's no language barrier. Um, you know, they're they're a lot more comfortable in the, in the city and the you know in the environment, so it can. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, soccer is soccer. When you're on the field, it's, it's it's still a game, and the rules are the same. And I think I think both guys can settle in. Uh, but a big part of that, honestly, is having the right pieces around you when you're a young kid and having some experience around you. And, you know, that's why we looked at, I think, the guys that we did this offseason with, you know, Matt Crooks coming in with a little more experience and Katrina's coming in with a little more experience as well. Yeah, they're 25 and 30 years old, so it's a little different there. Andres Gomez came in, and there were sparks from him, and I was told multiple times he looks great all week long in training, but once you get him off the practice field and put him in the game, it doesn't quite translate. I've also been told he looks like a different guy this year. He played more defense in uh, one week this year than he played an entire year last year, expecting a big step forward because I think he's one of the young guys you're talking about. Yeah, I think offensively he's very, very exciting. He has the technical ability, he has the speed. Um, <clears throat> he can beat guys 1v1. I think he can be goal dangerous. He can set other guys up. It, it, there's a few things that we're working on with him in terms of how he gets behind with and without the ball um, and needs to be pretty adept at doing both of those things. So from that standpoint, we expect that step forward. And then, you know, defensively, yeah, he's, his commitment and his work rate defensively has been really good this preseason. And, you know, I think he's working on actually the – the positioning of it, the tactical side of it, and that's what he's getting. He joined us a little bit late because he's with the Colombian U23 national team, um, but he's picking it up pretty quick. So, yeah, he's one of the young guys we expect uh, more from this year. So Pablo gave an interview here in the last week or so, and they were asking him about the referee situation uh, with uh, the regulars not being available. Uh, do you guys uh, – do you – you coach for that? How do you prepare for that in case you get some things that you don't normally get? I think you just emphasize the things that, that you know, you try to always emphasize, but, you know, the, the phrase control the controllables comes to mind, right? So that's something that's outside of the player's control. They can't fix it. They can't do anything uh, about it. And so they're, they just have to play and deal with, with the situation that, that is given them. So, you know, all the, like, the old cliches about, you know, playing until the whistle, not expecting anything, not expecting any favors, all those types of things, I think, apply. I think, you know, from our standpoint, maybe in the stands, it's maybe a little bit easier to be a little bit more patient with, with uh, a, you know, referee that's, that's maybe a little bit less experienced. But I think the players just need to control the controllables and take care of their performance. And, you know, the referee will take care of theirs. Messi's the big name because, well, he's Messi, so there's that. But they've surrounded him with a bunch of big names. Who do you think ends up, given the way MLS works, who has the biggest impact for the club over the course of the season, and who are you most worried about in the opener having a big impact? Apart from Messi? Apart from Messi, yes. I mean, Messi's Messi, but he's not the only guy out there who's got a really good resume. He's just got the best resume. Yeah, I mean, look, across the season, I think um, someone like Busquets is obviously – someone very important to how they play and if you want to 
if you want Messi to be successful, they got to get him the ball, and Busquets is, is a big part of that. And he connected back to front really well for them last year when they were successful. So that's a big a big piece. And then you know I think the obvious newcomer I guess is, is Suarez coming in, um, and and to see what what he's got left. And you know obviously he's still someone that we've got to you've got to pay attention to in and around the box. He's he's deadly in that area. He's very dangerous. Um, but you know it's it's uh, he's he's getting up there in years. So for for me it's a little bit of wait and see. But again he's he did really well when he was in Brazil over the last couple of years. Um, so he's definitely someone that that we got to be aware of and, and pay attention to when in our final third. So you got the home opener later in the week. Uh, I'm wondering as far as that goes, are there any new attractions or additions or anything that the fans can expect that is new and different? Um, I know there's always going to be uh, some some fun stuff out on the plaza uh, pregame, and I know that uh, I know that that's always a fun time to bring you know to, for fans, for for kids, for for all that stuff. I think um, it's a great place to spend some time before you have to go into the game and and sit down and and you know you watch the game. But uh, I think that's always something to look forward to. There's been a lot of travel in the preseason for RSL to Portugal and to uh, Santa Barbara and then back. And the one team that probably doesn't want to hear anything about RSL's travel is Miami because they were in Saudi Arabia, they were in Hong Kong, they were in Japan, I forget where else they were, but they were all over the world. How much do you think, it's the opener, we, we don't think fatigue should be a problem, but these teams have been through a lot of time zones and it's hard to shake that off. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Travel's hard. I mean, I'm not even playing, and I've been traveling a bunch, and I can feel it too. So yeah, tra- travel can be can be tough, and it can wear on the body, it can wear on the mind, and you know, yeah, I don't think there's any real advantage to be gained. I think by either side, and this on that side of things, because both both sides have had a good amount of travel over the past few weeks. But it's something that you know the boys are recovering from. Obviously, we came down here a day early to try to you know give us the give us as much time as possible on the ground before the game to, to settle in and shake that off. And, you know, it's just something that obviously road teams have to deal with at MLS. It's not usually something the home team has to deal with, but maybe it is in this in this situation. And, you know, if that balances things out, that's great. Well, it's RSL in Miami. It's the opener Wednesday night, and then RSL's at St. Louis on the weekend. And they finished atop the Western Conference in the regular season last year, so two really good opponents to start things off. Kurt, thanks for a, for a few minutes. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again later this season. Awesome. Thanks, guys. There is Kurt Schmidt talking Real Salt Lake opener tonight. You will hear it right here on The Zone, pregame at 5, and the game kicks off at 6 o'clock. When we come back, Big wins for Utah State and BYU. We'll hear from their coaches and players coming up after they take down ranked teams at the Spectrum and the Marriott Center. Stay with us. Good morning. DJ and PK is proudly presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 18 years in a row. Utah State gets a win at home over San Diego State. That They have been tied. Now BYU all alone in first place. Half a game in front of Boise State. A full game in front of San Diego State. And then three more teams a game and a half back. It's a wild race. It was a great win. Great Osabar had an outstanding game. And afterwards, he talked with Scotty G. That was an old-fashioned drag-out, knockout fight. You and Ladie going toe-to-toe. And it felt like you kind of took this one personal. Oh, for sure. Like, I didn't think I did my team justice when we were in San Diego. Like, the team needs me to be at my best in big games especially. And Coach Sprink let me know about it. Like, he was like... In big games, that's when big players, like, 
do the most damage. And, I, and you know, you go to bed at night uh, before the game. Some different games, you go more excited than others. I was really excited about this game. I was, I was ready to go. I was ready to roll. So it was fun. Just tell me about uh, how strong he is. I mean, it, 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 you guys were pushing up against each other. I, I Honestly, I told Coach Sprinkle, there came a point where Scotty was like, you can say something, Spencer, because I wasn't talking. Because I was just watching you two. You would meet him at the free throw line. He would meet you at the free throw line. And you would just start pushing against each other, trying to fight for position. But talk a little bit about that. What what you were trying to do with him, what you felt like he was trying to do with you, and why you – well, I, I felt like you got the better in the match. He had a good game. He's wow. a great player. He had a good game. He had 23. But I felt like you got the better of the match tonight. I'm telling you, like, he's one of the best players in America, right? And you could see it. Like, he's so strong and so physical. So we made it a point, like, okay, we can't let him be comfortable. And we didn't want to let him get the ball in the block because could, he could have easily had 40 like that. But – our plan was like, okay, if he gets on the block, we'll get it out of his hands. But then if he gets in that mid area, we're like, okay, but what about yourself? Great. And big credit to him. He's a big-time player. He made big-time shots. Like, he went 8 for 13. I'm pretty sure seven of them field goals were jump shots. Yeah, oh, mid-range. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't even remember a layup. You're exactly no. right. It was, it was all mid-range. And he's got a great mid-range mm-hmm. game. But the fact that you didn't let him get anything close to the rim meant you were just fighting him the entire time. And then the other part of it, and this is this is stuff people aren't watching. Boxing out, man. You did such a great job boxing out. You weren't chasing the rebounds. You were making sure he wasn't getting it half the time, right? Oh, man. Appreciate that. Thank you. Because people don't see that. People don't see that. But every kid in the world should watch video of this game. It is. A, it, it was a clinic of how to box someone out. And he wasn't just hitting your back and then giving up. He was fighting around and everything. But you boxed out really well. Right. He's so strong. And, like, he goes to the glass every time, super aggressive. And I felt like I owed, owed it to my team, owed it to DB, owed it to Mason and Ian. Like, okay, I'm going to box out. If I happen to get the rebound, it's fine, whatever. But I had to make sure he don't get the rebound because he's, like, one of the best offensive rebounders in the conference, in the country, in fact. So I just did, I just did my part because, you know, I back myself physically, you know. I don't think many people are going to push me around. No, the, it, no, no. no one pushes you no, around. No. I mean, candidly, no one's pushed you around. A little bit he did, but yeah. he, you could see he was tired trying to push yeah, you around. Yeah, he looked more physically spent than you did down yeah. the stretch. I mean, he's he's a big-time player, so with guys like that, you can't let them be comfortable. Like, he's making me work. I was like, okay, I'm going to make him work, yeah. too. We're going we to go back and forth. Hey, uh, career high in assists tonight. Seven assists tonight to go along with those rebounds as well. And I know that you love to share the basketball. And when you see those guys hitting those shots off of your assist, how great of a feeling was that? Oh, it makes everything worth it. <laughs> you know, because teams this year haven't let me, let me play one-on-one a lot. So when teams are doubling, that means someone's open. And at times I've struggled with finding the right guy with high turnovers and stuff. But today I only had two TOs, which I'm most proud of. And I found the right guy. And all the other guys did the rest. They did the rest. They hit shots. That Khalifa was that he dunked. I was happy for him. How how do you when you when when you play three games in six days and two of those are on the road and that was a long lengthy road trip you know at Wyoming and Colorado State it would have been really easy for you guys to say like oh man we're tired we're spent this is a really good team we're playing but you were the more physical aggressive team in this game tonight how hard was it to bring that level of energy when you guys have really been up against it from a schedule standpoint. Um, you know, we, we knew after this game we had a week a week off, right? So we're like, 
hey, if you can't give everything for 40 minutes, <laughs> just don't show up. And everyone showed up, you know. That just speaks volumes to our team. Like, everyone came to practice really hard yesterday. Like, we could have easily had a light day yesterday, but we was in here banging yesterday, like, practicing hard. And then this morning, everyone was locked in their shoe around. And when everyone's connected, it shows, you know. The way we started, we've struggled starting games like this season, but today we started on a 6-0 run. I was proud of our team. I, I think part of it had to do with the tip. You never get the tip. What's up with that, man? I How always, he always get the tip. Wait a minute. He always gets the tip. <laughs> I always get the tip. That's, I'm just, just, I'm just I having fun with him. I'm just frankly, having fun honestly, with him. Honestly, frankly, I don't remember the last time you lost it. That's tip. what I'm saying. Like We we, we switched it because Fish was doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I'm He's trying to pull I'm my just, butt, push I'm my butt. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Wait, wait, wait until a little the, sensitive. Hey, don't let the crowd get to you. Don't worry about it. Wait until the Fresno State game before you say that and then get him you know you got a week before yeah, a game no, wait, that was wait until next and, monday and, to bring that and up and you did you started really really well i there were some question marks in terms of hey that colorado state was a tough loss how are they going to bounce back zero question from the tip you guys were on it and talk about the energy of the crowd how much that helped you get going as well man i'm telling you like okay so obviously we see like we're college athletes we see everything that everyone says on the net when when we don't play good but one thing that's been consistent has been the herd they've been here for us the whole time like people can say whatever they want on the end and then when we ain't having our best when i'm not having my best game or when we're not playing our best but like stay on our side well the, the internet the herd they're with us oh yeah and when they come to games like this and show the energy and support it's big time. Like, it gets you going. It's like it's having six people out there. I didn't know if you could top the Boise State game in terms of energy, but it, you, you, you ratcheted right past that in this game tonight. How how crazy was that atmosphere to play in? And I want to go back to when Fish gets that tip in to because to, they cut the lead to one, and, it, that you know, you guys were out of sorts, and Martinez has to throw stuff, that desperation. He gets the tip in. And then when Darius hits the three to go up by six at that point, What's it like as a player being out on the court when you feel that kind of energy? Because Spencer knows what it's like because he's played. Mm-hmm. Some of us, myself included, we don't know what that's like. We, we've never been able to experience that. Take it. What, what's that like as a player to be able to enjoy that? How many, how many years were you here for? I was here eight, it felt like. I, I, I played all four years, and then I redshirted a year. I tore my ACL. So I, lucky. I, I think You're back lucky. of a few games, you know, beating Utah when they were like eighth in the country. I mean, we had some games that were like this, that were electric. This is what it was like, and it's so fun to see you guys be able to experience. I remember when I was coaching here, and we were hovering, hovering around 500. It's a weird thing to say, but one of the things I really wanted for our players was for them to experience this. And it's unique. You're never going to forget it, man. You're, you're going to just random moments. You're going to think back to when you beat San Diego State and the place was louder than you could think. You dunked at baseline when you drove on Ladie and dunked oh, yeah, it. That was and what the, what the place was doing. Those are fun, fun memories. But, yeah, for you, talk a little bit about that. I'm telling you, like, you're lucky you played here four years. Like, obviously, Montana State was amazing. It was an awesome. But, like, you have to come to a game in the spec to really understand, like, this place is insane. Especially when the when the herd is being so loud, and not even just the herd, all the other people are getting loud. Like I dunked the ball, I'm yelling, I can't even hear my voice. <laughs> you know, so it was it was so good. Like I'm so I'm blessed. I want to thank God for the opportunity to play in a situation like this. This is what you dream for dream of. Like when I was in my park, opposite my house when I was 13 shooting hoops, is 
for stuff like this. Well, I'm just, I'm just really blessed. Great. Congratulations, man. Enjoy the week. You guys Thank have you. deserved it. Hopefully, Coach is light on you, lets you oh, get a couple days, days off. off. Two days off? Yep. Oh, you guys have earned it. For sure. You Appreciate absolutely it. earned it. You're the best, man. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Joe. There is great Osibor and his post-game thoughts after a tremendous game. All right, Jeff Goodman, who uh, has been a, a national media member for a long time, now runs the field of 68. He spoke with Scotty after the game. Here's Jeff Goodman. Your first trip to Logan, what were your impressions here tonight? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is what college basketball is all about. This is what it's all about. I mean, you come here, you know, even the drive up here, guys, I kind of got goosebumps. You know, I kind of <laughs> did. I got goosebumps because you hear about it, and I haven't been here, and I've been covering this sport for 25 years. And I'm like, how have I not been here? How, how have I not how made that drive? How have you not been here, man? What's up with that? I don't know. Yeah, this was a great game to come I to. The spectrum come when was Merrill good. was here. I couldn't let him have the, the glory that I came <laughs> I for Sam Merrill. I understand. You know? so, I understand. But uh, what, it, did it meet the expectation? I mean, because you yeah. hear a lot of hype, but it met the expectation. Your student section is as good as any in the country. Yeah. It really is. I mean, it's as good. I was just at Auburn. It's as good as Auburn. Uh, I was just at Kansas. Kansas overall is number one. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. When you get everything. It's just sheer number, too. Yeah. Number, you know, the tradition, the hiss, all of it. There's nothing like Allen Fieldhouse. But this is a bucket list place. Yeah. This is somewhere that if you are a college basketball fan, you have to get to. Like, it's that good. And, again, obviously you're playing San Diego State. First place on the line. Now you kind of control your own destiny. I mean, you really do. Oh, absolutely. Look at it. Four winnable games. Yeah, 100%. New Mexico at home is going to be a tough game, but that's what we talked about in the sense you win this game, that number one seed is absolutely yours to lose at this point. And, uh, yeah, really good. Scotty wanted to ask you about Coach Sprinkle. Well, we were talking about during the break. You know, Utah State's a little isolated. Mountain West, not a huge media market. But Danny Sprinkle, with what he's done, is he in consideration, in your opinion, as being a National Coach of the Year candidate? I mean, he's right here, so I don't want to. I don't want to build up his ego too much. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. Cut, absolutely, earmuffs. No, I absolutely. Mean, you Look, have to at listen, some point, right? I thought about it earlier. It's it's Dan Hurley, who's a little bit bigger name than, than Sprinkle. He's also a little bit more high maintenance when it comes. He to He lost the tonight, though, didn't he? They did lose tonight. Yeah, he they did, did lose tonight. But like, think about it. Okay, UConn. They lost a ton from a national title team. They, they reloaded. This dude comes in, zero returning points. You know, he comes into a situation where people are picking you, what, 10th in the league? Is that what you're preaching? It was actually 9th, but, ninth. you know. Okay, yeah. who's counting? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and look at what you've got right now. You've got a chance to, again, win a league that is as good as this league has been in a decade or more. That's the thing that's amazing to me is you could say – you can put that down a little bit. You're, okay, you're fine. No, sorry. You're I, you, yeah, I don't you're, want you to feel like you're getting two mics on you. No, but. no I'm, I'm good. I mean, it, this is just – this is one of the best stories in college basketball this year. It, I, it really is. And and I'm glad, you know, I was here for, for this game this year with this guy who I've known for a long time. He reminded me. I used to run a prep school event years ago. He reminded me that, that literally when I ran this prep school event, he was an assistant. Where were you then? He was at Northridge then. He rem- I don't remember him from then. So long ago, Isaiah Thomas, the played at Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Who was playing in the game. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He was a young young guy. I had I didn't have gray hair then. Where hey, where <laughs> was that? Where did you hold that prep? That event? year, where was it? We be- outside Boston. Oh, okay. We probably in Rhode Island. I think it might have been St. Andrews in Rhode Island. Yeah. But uh no, this guy, listen, I- I've said it and I'll say it again. When you talk to people in the coaching community, 
they'll say about this guy, as good a guy as it gets, but also a guy who holds his guys accountable. Like old school in some ways, yeah. but obviously you can see his relationship with the players, how you can get him to play that way. It's hard these days. It's really difficult to be able to do. It's kind of like an Izzo self type of guy who, again, going to hold you accountable, going to coach you on the court, but then can have fun with you off the court, put your arm around him. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for you, man. I'm well, happy for you. I'm, I'm, it, it's cool to be here to see this. It really is. It's cool to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no doubt, hey, no doubt. On a personal note, huge yeah. fan of what you guys are doing, Phil, to 68. You. you guys are absolutely killing. you got great staff, great people Thanks. that do good work. And as a college basketball nut, yeah. it is a must-go-to. And, yeah, and I'm not just blowing smoke. Thank I mean, you. it is Thank it is you. awesome and, and yeah. great work, man. Thank you very much. You guys kind of bet on yourself a little bit. And we it's did. Cool, and it's cool to see. Yeah, we did. And, and again, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of a niche-type deal in a niche sport a little bit right now, and we cover it from start to finish, and not a lot of people do that anymore. And, yeah. and we love – not that this is mid-major. I don't think – it's definitely not mid-major when you get here. But, but some of the, the programs that don't get the coverage on ESPN, on some of the big boys, right? That, we love that. I yeah. mean, that's, that's what – he knows. I, I came up covering recruiting. Like, I came up covering the little guy. I am the little guy. So, like, for me, this means so much to be at a place like this that doesn't get the notoriety of the Dukes and Kansases and Carolinas and some of those places. There's Jeff Goodman with Scotty G. The head coach, Danny Sprinkle, his thoughts after Utah State takes down San Diego State at home. What an atmosphere. It was hard to top Boise State, but tonight, holy moly, what, it got what, so loud. What a crazy environment yeah. tonight. It just, it was, and it's, it, got, it shows the respect to everybody in the country, and even our fans. Like, our fans are knowledgeable. They know how good San Diego State is. But, I mean, what an effort by our guys, like, just for 40 minutes. You know, like, they came back at the end, and our guys battled back. Isaac Johnson had a huge tip. You know, Mason got two free throws. Like, it was, it was awesome. You know, Darius was phenomenal all night. Like, I mean, he just – he was aggressive, but he was under control took great shots, got everybody involved. And then there was probably, you know, I thought great was great all night. But there was a probably a five, six-minute span in the second half where he just dominated. We threw that ball into great. He either drew a foul or he scored, got some dunks down there and got the place rocking. You mentioned great. At one point, Scotty had to say, Spencer, don't be afraid to chime in. I was just watching him and Ladee. Like, I wasn't watching anything else. I was just watching those two bodies. They would meet each other at the free throw line. Oh. The other guy is lifted, putting his leg in the back of him and just trying to push him out. The other dude's pushing him again. You had two just bulls just battling against oh. each other the entire time. And... I, I, I have to say this the right way because it's not that I've questioned his toughness. I've just wondered how tough great is. Yep. Tonight, he showed me he's as tough as anyone in this conference. I'm, no I'm serious. Like, I had I have so much respect for him. Yep. Ladee had a great night, 23 points, but nothing came easy. It was all jumpers. I mean, great just fought and fought and fought. I don't even know if I got a question there. I just no. have to tell you, I honestly <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was so impressed with how he did not back down at all. It was almost like he had a chip on his shoulder he did. saying, hey, I know everyone's talking about this guy's player of the year in the conference, but hey, don't, don't, don't forget about me now. No, no question. And, and I've said it, like, and I'm not joking, like, great always thinks he's the best player on the floor. Yeah. We could go play the Lakers, and he, he, he seriously thinks that. And it's what makes him great. And uh, 
like it makes great great yeah gallons. absolutely yeah, you know like you said it was it was literally two big old hogs down there just wrestling. <laughs> like literally, I just and I just told Great, I said, "Hey man, I just it. said, dude, you got it. You got to be the bigger hog tonight, man. Yep. Yeah. Like you're just literally just in a mud pit, man. And it was cool because the refs they let them play. Yeah, for they the did. Most part. Yeah, like, they, they did. did. And you know, I thought Ledi he I, he made seem like every jump shot. Yeah, he, you know, yeah. but we we contested a couple great ones, um, you know, and, and got the rebounds when we needed, but. Like you mentioned, I mean, Great almost had a triple-double tonight. You know, I, I'm just phenomenal. I know that uh, he got his points, but I did think that Khalifa did a good job putting a hand in his face on some of those jumpers. Great. The, the, it was one at the end where he yep. contested yep. high, uh, and I think we got the rebound on that. And it was big because I think it was like a – it might have been a three-point game when, he, when we did that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was – I mean, we talk about it now. I mean, just think – I like – Back to mid-April last year, if you'd have told me we're going to beat a team that just played for the national championship, I'd have told you you're crazy. Yeah. You know, but this this ragtag bunch, man, like they just they love each other, they play for each other, and like that, it goes so far in this game. You know, when you have that type of chemistry and and it's genuine, where like teammates are rooting for each other. What's it like when you have? You know, Jeff Goodman, who covers, carries yeah. a really big voice. And you got Lenardi and everybody else. And, and the attention is coming on this program. And you don't shy away from it. No. You want your guys to enjoy it, but also keep that one game. But you do get the sense that something special is really building here. And it's got to be fun to be a part of it. I know you're laser-focused yeah. on game to game. But, my goodness, this is – to be a part of this, I haven't really felt like this since maybe that Nevada game when Sam – uh, you know, when uh, Jordan Caroline and, the, and, and yeah. those guys. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of atmosphere you had in this game tonight. And to be a part of it, you have to turn around and be like, this is this is just incredible. It, it is. like, And I've said it before, like, it's an honor to coach here. And, like, I mean, when it gets loud, sometimes I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm actually the head coach here. Like, this is, <laughs> like 360 head coaches total in the country, nobody has environments like this. Like, how fortunate, like, literally, that I'm thankful. Like, when the place is rocking half time, I should probably be thinking about what play to run. But I'm just like, oh, my gosh. This like, is awesome. This is this is what you dream about when yeah. you're little. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's absolutely awesome. And, I mean, the spectrum, it's literally worth six, seven points every game. Yeah. I, uh, I want to go back, though. You know, Isaac's had – it's been up yeah. and down. It's been mm-hmm. crazy. You have the crazy possession where the ball gets knocked in the backcourt. Ian's got to throw up a prayer. It's only a one-point game at that point. Yes. They've got all the momentum. I think they're on a 7-0 run at that point. And to Isaac to have box out, have position, get the put back, and and then Darius hits the three at the other end, or, you know, on the back yeah. on the other position. But you, you look at individual moments like that, that Isaac tip-in is absolutely critical for it's this game. Probably the most critical. You know? yeah. And he tipped it twice. Like, it was a multiple-effort deal. It wasn't like he just tipped it and stopped. Like, he kept – then he got it and scored that thing again. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just really proud of him. You know, I mean, he's been uh, – you know, he's been going through it the past couple games. But just – he's a sophomore. You know? Yeah. He just is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just really proud of him. Well, one thing – and – what was your thought coming into this game? Because it felt like, look, Wyoming, you guys battled. Colorado State was a tough game. It's yeah. a tough environment. You guys got blown out. There was a little bit of question in my mind, hey, which team's going to show up? Yeah. Are they going to show up with energy? I mean, I don't know if you questioned that in your mind, but there was no doubt from the first possession these guys were on it. They, they were. I thought our energy was great. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like a response after the Nevada game. They yeah. played Boise. Like, like this group had a point to prove, you know. And I know they were disappointed. 
And like I said, you got to give Colorado State credit. Like they had great energy and they 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 kicked our butts. And uh, but I told the guys, it doesn't matter if you lose by thirty or lose by one. Yeah. It does, like a loss is a loss. Colorado State hasn't lost a home game this year, so we didn't lose anything in the standings with yeah. that game. And so I said, it's going to come down to, you know, we we got to show the conference what we're about. Well, you got to show yourselves again what we're about because um, it's it's big boy basketball. You uh. Uh, this is your third game in six days. Yeah. Three really physical, two of them on the road. You spent a ton of time in Wyoming and, yeah. and Fort Collins, and now you have a little bit of a break. But for your guys, you talked about being aggressive offensively. You were aggressive right out of the gate yep. offensively. You guys went toe-to-toe from a physicality standpoint. Just how proud of you are your guys when they could have been like, we're tired, we're worn out, the schedule makers really did us a dirty on this yeah. one. But they were the aggressors. You know, you always say it. Aggressors always win. Aggressors and you were no doubt, you were the aggressors in this game tonight. No no question. And like I said, it started with the very first play. You know, we put in a new set to get Ian coming off a pin down. Uh, and he attacked the rim and finished. Which and was nice, yeah. Yeah, but it's great. But, it, like, that's what we wanted, that force going downhill. And, uh, you know, and Ian, obviously, he was 2'11". We know he's way better than that. But it uh, – like, he set the tone with him handling the ball, too. Yeah. You know, like, a lot of people just look at the shooting numbers, but he did a pretty good job handling the handling the pressure when, you know, when the ball wasn't in Darius's hands. Well, you got about two and a half hours to enjoy it. Hey, uh, well, you got we, more we than have, that. We have you got, like, three days. Uh, you got oh, three days. We're doing a day and a half. I'll a day get, and, I'll and a half. I love it. Tomorrow night. New, you got till noon tomorrow, right? <laughs> exactly. There you exactly. go. Hey, Coach. The fans can enjoy this for a long time, though. Yeah, rent, rent is due a little later tomorrow. No doubt. How about that? No doubt. Coach, congratulations. Hey, Thank you, guys. There's Utah State coach Danny Sprinkle, the Aggies, all alone in first place in the Mountain West Conference. They beat a nationally ranked San Diego State team at home. BYU beats a nationally ranked Baylor team at home. We'll hear from the Cougars next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by America First Credit Union. Get the official debit cards of the Utah Jazz, University of Utah Sports, Real Salt Lake, and more exclusively at America First Credit Union. The Cougars with a big win at home. They take down Baylor. Here is Baylor coach Scott Drew along with Jalen Bridges. They deserve the win. We didn't deserve it. Um, And we're all disappointed by our rebounding performance. Um, uh, God's given us a great platform. It's great for people to see Big 12 basketball. Um, We're we're a tougher team than we showed tonight. and We're all disappointed by that. Uh, Offensively, I think their defense did a good job and um, it's evident because we didn't. We only had eight assists, and when we're at our best, we're we're close to twenty. So uh, um, credit them for that. Coach Drew, um, when when you look at like your three point shooting, I mean, typically that's the strength of your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you started three to three from the three point line, but only made two three pointers over the final twenty six or uh, thirty six minutes again. What what kind of went wrong there? What I think the, I think our shot selection. I think we, we, we took great shots early. We didn't take as good a shots later. Credit their defense for forcing that. Um, uh, I got to do a better job coaching and getting our guys to uh, uh, work it more and get better looks. Coach, it seems like there's a recipe for success in this league. You win at home and the road is just kind of a crapshoot. Do you agree with that assessment, how this league's playing out so far? Yeah, that's that's normally what the Big 12 is about. Um, the fans are and atmospheres are really good. Players are really good. Coaches are really good. Um, when I came in the league 21 years ago, Roy Williams said it's the toughest league to win on the road. And I think he's been accurate with that. Going, going back to the second chance points, uh, 
were you surprised at how aggressive BYU was in crashing the offensive glass? Did you kind of expect? I, w I was more surprised uh, uh, with our performance. I mean, that's that's something that we we pride ourselves on. We work hard on, and uh, it's, that's that's really disappointing. Jalen, I, I think you put twenty five on him in Waco, and you had another great night tonight. What, what is it about BYU, or were you just looking looking to be more aggressive tonight? Um, I would say it's just my teammates. You know, they find me when I'm open. They hit me in transition. You know, I just really play off our guards and. You know, I'm just blessed to have great guards like them that give me shots, give me easy looks. How did this kind of environment compare to what you what you see on the road in the Big 12 and other venues? I mean, it's it's it was rocking in here. I'm not even gonna lie to you. It's it's right up there with the Texas Tech and the Kansas. Honestly, being honest. Anything else? think our performance game a lot to cheer for too so there are the Baylor Bears after they fall at the Marriott Center and now here's head coach Mark Pope with Jackson Robinson who hit a big three at the end of the game and Ali Khalifa who was knocking down threes all night long and threw some as he usually does some awfully good passes racked up some impressive assists here they are after the Cougars win uh, it was a good team win um, I feel like we really stepped up especially from last game uh, we didn't get the results we wanted, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think we did an amazing job holding them to 37 in the first half, 34 in the second. So um, that was a big emphasis going into this game, and I think we did a really good job of it. Then Ollie would like to add something. Um, <clears throat> like Jack said, just our emphasis. <laughs> right. Our emphasis. That's exactly what Jack says. Like if you go second, all you do is repeat the first guy. Think of something creative and new. Yeah, our emphasis on defense uh, was great before the game. Energy, energy practice yesterday was was really good, especially on the defensive side. And that was our focus, just to be back being us on defense, and we showed it tonight. It's a great team Sweet. win, and it was great to have some of the guys back. Like Marcus, um, he's been going through a lot, and um, it was good to have him back on the bench and with the team. And he was bringing energy today on the bench, and it was great. So it was a great win. So looking at the... Second chance points offensive glass. You guys had 16 offensive rebounds. You outscored them 24 in second chance points. How, how much did just attacking the glass early and often kind of energize your team and allow you to recover from a slow start on offense in the first half? How'd you guys feel? Do you have any thoughts on that? I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, I, I felt really good about the game early on. We're down 08, and I'm like, we're okay. Because we were getting second, second chance opportunities every time, and we were getting up shots that we like. And so our energy, even though the score on the board wasn't exactly the way we wanted to start the game, like our energy was really good. Clearly, the building was incredible. But our guys' energy and their focus on wedging was really good. And for us to follow up an 18 offensive rebound team with a 16 offensive rebound game, that speaks to where our guys' energy is right now. So it, it's really settling. We believe that make or miss shots, we're going to be fine as long as we're really crushing the offensive glass because it gives us second opportunities. These guys were incredible that way tonight. Jackson, uh, how much did the coaches just get on you guys after the defensive effort? Uh, second half against UCF and then the game against uh, Oklahoma State. Um, honestly, I don't think it took much from the coaches. Uh, it was a whole uh, team thing. Uh, we came together and we knew it was unacceptable the way that we had 
showing up on the defensive end the last two games. Um, so made a big emphasis, like Ollie said, we came into practice the day before the game and had a tremendous practice. Um, and it showed tonight. Everybody was well prepared, um, went over the scout really well, and I think we did a great job in, in every scheme. So. It was. I'll add to that just so you have this. So, a couple of really special moments. First of all, Coach Fennell, um, you know, it, it did an unbelievable job preparing the guys for this game. And two, um, yesterday at practice, two things really stood out to me. One was we were going to, to different drills a couple of times, and the guys had great energy. And I blew the whistle, was trying to switch on, and twice Trevor Nell said, "No, we got to do one more and get it right." And then Jackson Robinson probably had the best practice he's had. I'm going to say in his lifetime, but I can't really say that because I haven't been there. But just the force that he is playing with, and you saw it out on the court today, like he's taking a massive jump that's super exciting too. And it's it, it, Jackson's exactly right. It's the leadership from inside the team that responded to this. It, that's what it is. It's inside these players, and it's pretty cool, man, to witness and, and watch as a coach. Any thoughts too on, on Jackson's performance blocking up Jacoby Walter? Yeah, you know, Jack's, Jack's had a lot of, he had a lot on his shoulders today. Um, I thought our, everybody on the perimeter was really excellent. I thought Jax was absolutely terrific using his length. Um, you know, probably my favorite play of Jax's uh, today, you know what it was? You know what it was. What? Yeah. Was a next play block. Uh, you know, we had a, a mess up on the offensive end, and, and we didn't, there was a lag-free reaction, meaning we just continued playing. And Jack raced back and made an unbelievable play in the air, like a pro-level defensive play in the air, um, just being engaged in the game. There, we weren't worried about what just happened five seconds ago. It was super special. Uh, but I thought he was great on the defensive end and clearly made a couple of massive shots on the offense. Coach well, Jack, what has it been about your um, offensive game past couple of days? Past couple of games, such so shot against Kansas State, UCF, and now I'm not against Baylor to get you guys to the uh, Like Coach has been emphasizing, just making sure I'm playing on my heels. Or on my toes, sorry, not my heels. <laughs> I was like, wait, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> on my toes. These um, kids never listen. <laughs> but my teammates have done a great job of just uh, instilling confidence in me and making sure that I'm staying aggressive. Um, whether the shot's falling in the moment or not, they have all the confidence in me, and I'm very appreciative of that. Um, and in big moments, I've been able to hit some big shots. So, um, I mean, I can't do anything but praise my teammates for that. Ali, you had seven, seven and zero tonight. What was it about this matchup that just made the, the offense work for you and, and the team as a whole? I was just being more aggressive. I feel like the team's been pressuring me a lot. I'm just trying to figure out how to be effective on offense still while they pressure me. I feel today I was just aggressive getting inside the three-point line. We've been emphasizing this with Coach Pope and the bigs. Um, yeah, just being more aggressive and guys were cutting wide open because people were scared of us shooting threes. So we were getting wide open layups and I was just all I needed to do just to pass the ball to them. And Ollie wouldn't say this. Pass the ball, bro. <laughs> Come on, lie it down. <laughs> Ollie, Ollie wouldn't say this, but like it's probably the first day that he's actually felt like a real human being after being so sick. So he's that's a big part of it too. Just so you had a stretch there where you guys weren't getting to your you said you were only at thirty threes per game. The last two games you've gotten to that part. Yeah. Has it been something you've changed offensively? What's left to get to the- You know, so much of it, this is a player-run team, man. This is, you know, we're blessed with guys that know what they're trying to do, how to do it. What I was really proud of today, for example, was you know, we, we were we were 08 and they were 13-8, you know, 08 and then 8-13 and we're kind of, and then the guys, like their response was to go faster and to be more aggressive and to get past heads and get stops and get out and transition. And, and when our response to adversity is to be more assertive, um, like mindful, like it's still seven turnovers in the game, like really 
like solidly assertive. That's how it felt in this gym tonight. It felt like the guy's answer to like things not going right was like, we're gonna just, we're gonna wedge every time. We're gonna cross the offensive glass and we're gonna go hard in transition. And, and that's really the answer. And we're gonna cut hard all game long and be really creative and screen. And, and so it's, it's our guy's mentality um, that's pretty special that's kind of carried the day for us is these guys. Yeah, you know, we kind of, it was, it was it, like, I know, I know Noah, you know, gave up that first corner three and I know that he just is like, ah, this is all I'm thinking about is being there on the catch. And we just kind of had to like, once we got through the first five minutes and our guys started kind of trusting what we do, uh, you know, like the plays that won't mean anything to anybody in the world but mean something to me is, you know, early in the second half, Dallin Hall finally sold out on a bottom rotation and, and a huge emphasis was being there on the catch. And so it's like pulling you in two different directions. Your assignment is to make a rotation a long rotation, right? But your assignment is also to like be there before your man receives the ball. And so trusting that we can do both was really important and that was a really special play for Dallas. So so I think what happened after the first five minutes, our guy I really think this I mean these guys probably think I'm full of it, but but our guys started saying, you know what, we're gonna trust the way we do this. We're gonna trust that we can actually do what we do. And for thirty five minutes they were really, really good, man. Really good. Three more questions. Three tonight, most in most in the Big Twelve game for you guys. What what changed uh, offensively for for the three to open up and, and have that success? Sorry, we repeat the question. Just fourteen threes <laughs> tonight. Fourteen threes tonight. Most of the Big Twelve game for you guys. What was working from three tonight compared to recent games? Uh, just staying aggressive. Um, it goes back to Coach talking about us being on our toes. Uh, getting downhill, looking for the open man, playing off two feet, uh, just little things like that, and that always ma ha makes it easier to have him on the court. So, um, big praise to Ali for making sure he's finding the open man. Uh, yeah. Jackson, this is the highest ranked team you guys have beaten this year. Obviously, Iowa State was number six when you beat them, but what kind of statement does this win uh, make to the rest of the country? Um, that we can compete with anybody. Um, but, you know, at the same time, our locker room knows that this is only one win and we got a whole bunch more left in us in the season. So uh, just look, moving on to the next game and being happy for this one. But after tomorrow, we got to move on for whoever we play next. Kansas State. BYU and Utah State with big wins at home. We'll have more next. What is trending on the way? Stay with us.